Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. A wonderful show today, a little bonus show on the 24th Christmas Eve for you to enjoy, looking at something that's not quite often remarked upon, and that is the Christmas proclamation. What is the Christmas proclamation? Well, today uh, you'll discover it. Father Isaiah and I uh, reflect upon this very important uh, proclamation. It's kind of akin to the exultant that's sung at Easter, at that Easter vigil, and gets into the real historical power of Christ's birth. I hope this season of Christmas is delightful and that all of your Advent preparations leading to this moment of receiving our Lord Jesus Christ into your hearts into your lives, that he's born in our faith and our families once again this year. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. I'm Father Isaiah. That's Father Michael. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I know, we're just hours away from the uh, great solemnity of Christmas, yeah, the by, birth of the king. By the time, by the time uh, perhaps you're listening to this, you might already be rollicking in the Christmas festivities already. If not, if you're somehow listening to this on Christmas Eve, when we anticipate this will be uh, uh, uploaded, we uh, certainly have uh, lots of opportunity for masses uh, on the Christmas Eve, the 4 and the 6, with the midnight and then uh, 8.30 and 11 on Christmas Day, along with that, that midnight mass. So just a full full schedule of celebration of the birth of our Lord. And I just I love, have seen the, the, the smells. I know. The Christmas, the, you got the pine of the Christmas yeah, trees just, out, in the, uh, out, in the, uh, out in the church right now. And then, uh, great to have novices to decorate. I know, exactly. <laughs> Good to have nine <laughs> young backs. Nine young strong hands to decorate yeah. them, them trees. And, uh, oh, geez. I just, yeah, I just love, yeah, I just love, love the, the, the kind of, the, the, like I said before, uh, um, uh, previous podcast, uh, there's something very seasonal about Advent that you, that is uh, that's so signature to this time of year. Now, as we enter into to Christmas, we know how to we know how to anticipate and fast and prepare. But then we know how to we know how to prepare. But we know how to party. Party, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so today, I was thinking, why don't we do something that might be a little bit not uh, so well known as a Christmas uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's the proclamation of the birth of Christ. And so uh, I, there's, I'm sure there's a history to this in terms of that a proclamation. But if someone says, what is, what, what's that thing you guys are doing right before Mass? And we do it exactly. here at the, at the Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. What is the proclamation, Father Isaiah? The proclamation of the birth of Christ. Give me a little, little background, a little history, a little 411, if you will, on this proclamation. The 411, the 411 of the proclamation is it's only done once a year. It's okay. done at the midnight mass before uh, before the uh, beginning of the mass as such. Uh, it's uh, so it's a proclamation that gives uh, let's call it a historical overview over all those things leading up to the very birth of Christ the Lord. Right. Okay, so it kind of creates a historical context. Historical context, right? And and what's really interesting about the historical context and of of the proclamation is that it's actually a part of a of a bigger whole of of the roman martyology right oh the so, roman martyology yeah. what's that so the more so like so the roman martyology that's the bigger more umbrella term and then the easter pro, uh, the christmas proclamation is part of that and the roman martyology is basically it gives basically the calendar events of the liturgical year. So when we would have uh, the Feast of St. Dominic or St. John or Our Lady of Guadalupe, Immaculate Conception, um, all those saints are put into the calendar and they're all ranked, right? Once a feast, once a memorial, once mm-hmm. a lemony, and all that such. And so it's so the Roman martyrology basically has to deal with time. 
um, oh, within within the rite. So liturgical time as well as the historical time of of uh, the birth of Christ and all that other beautiful stuff. Nice. And does it does it have roots in Roman martyrs? Yeah. So it began um, began it began it's a with martyrology. Like yeah, it's this. a martyrology. So I mean, so all of it is about from uh, with Gregory the twelfth, I believe, in the fifteen eighties, I believe, uh-huh. where he uh, he wanted to uh, kind of systematize and organize all the the feasts of the martyrs and and all the blessed holy men and women within the Catholic tradition. And uh, so he was. So they were finding that you know that there were several feast days for certain saints, or some saints had different names. So they combined them all, and in a in a real way, kind of streamlined everything. So it's yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't usually think of um, the church calendar mm-hmm. as being organized around the martyrs. Yeah. But if you go back, like you're saying, what you're causing me to think right now is is I hadn't put it this way. Our time, in terms of how the calendar flows is anchored around these great moments of witness that come after, you know, certainly in the wake of Christ and kind of, if you will, give us, uh, because it's kind of a little bit liturgically speaking, kind of the playbook for the year, right? Because it it gives us the whole calendar of events. And so those high points of the year is a sense of feasts and fasts, of celebrations, Mm -hmm. of what colors we wear. Exactly. It's anchored not around, um, I don't say ideas, it's anchored around people and yeah. heroic lives of witness. Yeah. Well, think about it. The first, yeah. the very first scenes of our tradition, yeah. the martyrs. Yeah, right? exactly. No, that's so, that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. That, that's what, that's what you're causing me to think that it's 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 not a it's not a calendar of ideas or of theological truths. I mean, certainly there are theological truths that the saints, the martyrs, those great witnesses give us, and their days like we just celebrated earlier in the month, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception exactly, and, and so yeah. forth. But those aren't ideas. Those are events that transformed all of salvation. And in some yeah. ways, this is, you know, between this and Easter, this is the beginning of our salvation in terms yeah. of the birth of Christ and the incarnation. So I just, interesting to, to think that the book that this proclamation comes from itself yeah. gives us, if you will, uh, a kind of orientation so we, we know that's based on the living witness of, because the word martyr simply means witness. Yeah, means exactly. Witness to Christ. Okay, so we, so we got the Roman martyrology, martyrology. <laughs> which yeah. is, which is uh, the, the, if you will, the kind of the, the playbook or the guidebook, yeah. the calendar, the calendar of, all, events, right? of all events. Yeah. And so it's not really, it's, so on the Christmas day, is this given as an extra prayer? Because usually the martyrology is just says the name yeah, of who exactly. you celebrate, but this is a, a proclamation. Yeah, so it's actually part of the Martyrology is on December 25th. I mean, this is what you do. This is the, what you say. This is what you say on this. Is, yeah. so it's like notes. It's like yeah. extensive. It's like yeah. reflective notes on on what you do on this day. Yeah, exactly. So and it's like at the beginning book. of a Mass or whatever, I uh-huh. would say like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, today we're celebrating the yeah. Feast of whoever. Exactly. But on the... Christmas, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's just uh, let's just the prophet Isaiah. Throwing out. When is the prophet Isaiah's feast? It's in May. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> it's, it's May. I don't yeah. know if I've ever celebrated the feast yeah. of Holy Father Isaiah. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, kind of had to look up the <laughs> prayers for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Thanks so the, for rubbing <laughs> that in. Yeah, thanks. No, not rubbing it in. Just, just, uh-huh. just wondering. Just yeah, curious. Yeah, sure. Keep on doing that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just profit curious. <laughs> yes, I, but it's in May. I think it's on May 9th. I think somebody look it up for me. Please. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, but uh, but as on the on December 25th, it says okay, you have to proclaim this and proclaim this at the beginning of the day. Yeah, it's exactly. The first thing of course, we proclaim. The, yeah, right before mass begins, you have this beautiful chant, uh, putting everything in historical perspective. It's and of course there are two versions of it because why not? Um, there's one that was uh, both in Latin, but one was. Uh, uh, in 1584, uh-huh. and then the other, the more modern text is uh, 2005. Um, both of them are in Latin. That's been translated, of course. But uh, it's just, uh, I would say the 15, 1584, the older text, is more kind of more specific of when uh, uh, when certain uh, events of, of the world and the cosmos happen. Yeah, no, the, the and of course this is coming out in 1584 as we all, pops right to mind as we know what's going on was the uh, the council of trent mm-hmm. and a lot of um church life and calendar and liturgy was yeah. solidified reorganized and it was the since the vatican the vatican council it was it was the the um foundation of liturgical yeah. and prayer life and yeah. that doesn't happen again until pretty much after the council but it's interesting that they don't update the proclamation it falls out of use until, as you say, 2005, yeah. and um, uh, Pope John Paul II actually yeah. get it kind of reinstitutes it as having a place yeah. in the liturgy, and does so then with uh, tweaking the text a little bit so it doesn't make claims, specific claims about how old the world is, for yeah, example. Exactly. So, because because yeah. the, the 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 old text basically says. Uh, begins by talking about the creation of the world 5,199 years ago, if he was doing this yeah. in 1580. But, exactly. And then yeah. from the flood, 2,957, yeah. right? Year. So it makes it makes claims about when the when the when the Adam and Eve lived, or when the creation of the world happened, and then the flood, Noah, and then Abraham. But the current uh, church translation basically gives it a little more uh, leeway because, and I think this is actually pretty smart because the point isn't to have a debate on how old creation is, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. faithful Catholics can have legitimate discussion on how old the universe is, right? Yeah, and yet the proclamation isn't meant to simply be symbolic, but it's there for a real historical purpose, right? Yeah. And so uh, just to kind of maybe look at the, at least the church's current uh, proclamation, it begins just by saying, the 25th day of December, so it just names yeah. the date, the 25th day of December, and so it tells us, you know, okay, it's today. <laughs> yeah. And then it begins to date in nine different ways. Right. And each one of those nine different ways has a kind of either um, general kind of event horizon and or a very specific date that's really rooted in history. And so mm-hmm. it begins, that first dating is, from the creation of the world, right? right. <laughs> so when the, when the ages beyond number had run their course from the creation of the world, when God in the beginning created heaven and earth and formed man in his own likeness. So it's... it's Very cosmic. It's very cosmic, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, it's, and it, it doesn't give any sense of argumentation on 5,000 years yeah. ago kind of thing. It's, it's basically um, just saying when the earth was created beyond number, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what the church is going with. So I, I think that's pretty pretty uh, smart system. And then it names the second number two is the great flood. Mm-hmm. It says when century upon century. So once again, no specifics, but there are centuries in between uh, the creation of the universe and the Almighty set His bow in the clouds after the great 
flood. And here's the point, a sign of covenant and peace, mm-hmm. right? And so there's it's kind of a non-specific date and it refers to, once again, that century upon century and God's providence there, but don't have to get caught up in the in the uh, in the traditional version of yeah. two thousand nine hundred and fifty seven yeah, years specifics. after the flood. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, whether it's two thousand nine hundred and fifty seven or whether it was yeah. you know two hundred thousand, I understand. Yeah. The point is the same: that yeah. God gave us a covenant through Noah, and by making the date less argumentative, you make the truth that there was it illuminates a someone like Noah. Like yeah. that event actually happened. It's yeah. not a. It's not a, if the date is not right, then you might think the event itself is simply yeah. mythology. But the very fact Adam and Eve existed, yeah, Noah existed, existed. Yep. Abraham existed. Exactly. We, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. 100% believe that, not just symbolically, but actually. Um, but actually and that, uh, so we don't, if we get too specific on the time, it can undercut the very point we're making. Yeah, that there's, the there's, These yeah. are real historical people that we believe God worked through in very specific providential ways. Um, so the number three was Abraham. Um, yeah. And that's the, the next kind of dating. Um, it says yeah. in the 21st century since Abraham. So here's a little more specific. We're actually mm-hmm. naming um, centuries. So sometime between 2100 and, and, and 2000 BC, Abraham came out of the Chaldees, came out of Ur and the Chaldees. Yeah. And um, once again, this is where you kind of get modern history going. And we might ask, as we from from these dates on, history actually would say these are very um, accurate in terms yeah. of of their kind of dating. That these aren't just kind of like shots in the dark on on argumentative ends. Once again, it's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be the the um, you know. It talks about centuries, so give or take a century here, plus yeah. or minus is not yeah. dealing with particular years. <laughs> <laughs> it's not but, specific, but specific enough. Yeah, no, yeah. it gets you in the ballpark. So basically, yeah. you don't say more than you. Know. I guess that's the point. You don't say more than you know, so that it doesn't undercut what you do it's, know to exactly. believe. To yeah, be that's true, a good way to put it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you got Abraham, and then goes to that next moment, which is Moses in the Exodus. Exodus. Yeah. So in the in the Thirteenth century since the people of Israel were led by Moses in the Exodus from Egypt. So once again, we believe the Exodus. If historians date it between mm-hmm. thirteen to twelve hundred years before uh, before Christ, yeah. and once again, it's 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 that um, kind of a shift in the commandating of, of of Israel. The older view tend to place a little bit earlier, but the traditional verse puts it a little bit later. But that's in accord with with, I think, what we say modern history sees right. the Egyptians having their, their kingdom and the pharaohs mm-hmm. and so forth. So it, yeah. it, it dates it to that time when we know there was, when there were pharaohs. There was, so they, there's more than, it's more than just the Bible that acknowledges yeah, the rule exactly. of Egypt and the mm-hmm. dominance and that whole cradle of, 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 of wheat and, and, and food right. mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, the Romans saw so productive. Yes, exactly, and, yeah. and so then you got, from the Egyptians, then you, 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 you jump from the Exodus all the yeah. way to the reign of David in the yeah. Promised Land, so with the with traditional coronation of David being the year one thousand. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. and that's that's pretty well established, yeah. uh, not just for Christianity, but even for our Jewish brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. That that's that that the, the time is there, and it's it's once again it's around the thousandth year. Yeah. So yeah. once again, it's not we're not you know plus or minus yeah. we're here, but we're that's, not going <laughs> for a specific date. Yeah, not yet. Anyway. Not not, yeah. not yet. So we've got there. So we're, we're getting we're going from the more general to the more specific in order to to kind of give that con- context. And then here's the one that's, that's kind of interesting um, because it's, it's, it's one of the prophets talking about prophets. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that Daniel, in the book of Daniel, the prophet mm-hmm. Daniel, actually gives 
a kind of timeline for the birth of the Messiah. Yeah, right. Um, so he says, uh, the proclamation dates it to the 70 weeks of the year given by the angel Gabriel to the prophet Daniel. So angel Gabriel, who announces mm-hmm. to Mary, she's yeah. going to be the mother of God. Yeah, that same angel, a lot of people don't know, announces yeah. to Daniel in the 65th week of the prophecy of Daniel. And once again, you can get a little bit into the weeds on how to how to yeah. um, calculate this, but um, it's it it's Fairly, if you if you look at the date straightforward, Christ is reckoned to be born 33 years before the crucifixion, and if you divide the 33 by uh, the seven weeks, because it's talk about the, the the different the seven years, mm-hmm. the week of years, um, you end up getting between four and five weeks, which then you deduct from um, the depending on the end of the prophecy, the 69 weeks, and you land at the 65th week, and so this is why it says 65th, 65 weeks, uh, the 65th week of the prophecy of Daniel. Yeah reverting back to when Christ died in the crucifixion yeah. to his birth so you got to do a little bit of a little bit of mathematics there but yeah. the point is this is once again it's aiming for um, a kind of relative precision based right. on the specificity mm-hmm. of the dates to say that this really happened these are real historical events yeah which brings us to number seven which is kind of fun yeah, the one hundred and ninety fourth Olympiad. So here's we so go. This is the f- this is the first non biblical, extra biblical, so <laughs> extra biblical yeah. thing. So you kind of and once again, our faith, you know, certainly is rooted in Scripture and Revelation. But and I think uh, the reason I think we have the Olympiad head is is to show that this is a real. These are real human events. We're yeah. talking about Jesus was born in a specific moment in history. Yeah. It's not a symbol. It's not myth. It's not yeah. some kind of spiritual moment yeah. or kind of spiritual horizon or event right. horizon it's it, it happened <laughs> in the 194th olympiad yeah exactly yeah in the year 752 since the foundation of the city of rome exactly so, yeah it's like getting really specific here exactly. roman history here and which is very specified people i mean the romans they're very proud of when romans uh, of course and the, the, those, you know? those 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 uh, those Olympi- i mean it just shows ancient world loves their sports as much as we do today <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. and so once again it's, if you get once again if you look at that date there olympics happen every four years or some mm-hmm. years that that weren't, um, but if you do, if you work out the math, it's it, it basically is it, it works out that if you if if you take it from the Olympics that Jesus was born any time between uh, July thirtieth four BC and June thirtieth one AD. So there's just yeah. like five. If you if you use the Olympics that we know yeah. from that, you, that's where you end up getting his birth sometime in that timeline. Once again, being specific as as possible, and then the founding of Rome. Yeah, which is interesting that that seeing that sense of um, the year of our Lord yeah. uh, is is uh, is kind of in the year of our Lord is is post Christ, but then the the founding of Rome is there. So you you've got how many years from the founding of Rome? Seven hundred and fifty-two years since the foundation of the city of Rome. So the whole pledge of of the whole Remus and Romus, Romulus, Romulus, yeah, yeah, the uh, that legend that yeah. goes there. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is to take this away from myth and so yeah taking us into reality into reality and once again that time frame puts it about 1 bc yeah Mm -hmm. right which is which is once again that plus or minus uh, one or two bc for when christ uh, was born and then another very uh, specific very specific uh kind of um historical event that we we know definitely happened there was a ruler the 42nd year of the reign of caesar octavian augustus so the first emperor of the of the roman empire that's right yeah and then, and this is kind of the key line there, the whole world being, being at, peace, at peace, right? And so you have this idea that Christ comes in the fullness of time and in a, certainly in an age not unlike our own, full full of war and violence, 
there's a sense in which the the Roman Empire uh, had at least given some kind of stability, mm-hmm. and at that point, uh, God becomes uh, is born. <laughs> so Jesus Christ, the eternal Son, eternal God and Son of the eternal Father, desiring to consecrate the world by His most loving presence, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and when nine months had passed since His conception, was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem of Judah, and was made man the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the flesh. I just felt chills. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <Love it. laughs> that was, uh, no, that was, that was great. Maybe we'll have a, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, um, add on to the end of it just, just to read, just to read it out. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in, to- well, actually, why don't we go for it? Why don't you just, just give, give us the whole, do you have the whole text in, fr- yeah. in front of you? So, so we'll just, we'll just take a moment. And this is for all uh, you and yours have a, a wonderful, a very wonderful Christmas, a, a Merry Christmas. Thanks for all the ways in which you have supported the podcast, subscribed and liked and, and uh, kept us going. We we're, we're, gosh, uh, more than a year in now into this wow. project. And so I anticipate hopefully share it with friends. Hopefully it's, 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 uh, it makes um, the light of Christ uh, come ever more radiant in your homes. And may all that we do truly during this Christmas season radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen? Amen. All right, now give it a bonus P.S. Bonus, give us the Christmas proclamation, Father Isaiah. The 25th day of December, when ages beyond number had run their course from the creation of the world, when God in the beginning created heaven and earth and formed man in his own likeness, when century upon century had passed since the Almighty had set his bow in the clouds after the great flood as a sign of covenant and peace. In the 21st century since Abraham, our father in faith, came out of Ur of the Chaldees. In the 13th century, since the people of Israel were led by Moses in the exodus from Egypt, around the thousandth year since David was anointed king, in the 65th week of the prophecy of Daniel, in the 194th Olympiad, in the year 752, since the foundation of the city of Rome, in the 42nd year of the reign of Caesar Octavian Augustus, the whole world being at peace. Jesus Christ, eternal God and Son of the Eternal Father, desiring to consecrate the world by his most loving presence, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and when nine months had passed since his conception, was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem of Judah, and was made man. The Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the flesh.